0: respected brothers, elders, and friends, there is one thing that you and I and every single individual is guaranteed. And it is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned multiple times in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, maut That every soul shall taste death that we all know that one day we're going to die. We may not know when, we may not know how, but it is something that we are sure that's going to happen and we're sure and we are guaranteed that it's definitely going to come one day when we will pass away. And just as we are reminded time and time again by our fellow brothers and our scholars to remember death and to prepare for death, and to do those actions which are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that will grant us paradise and to stay away from those things which will incur Allah's wrath and to stay away from those things which will take us into Jahannam, into the fire of hell Similarly, there is another obligation which is related to death which unfortunately many of us are unaware of or even if we are aware, there is hardly anyone that puts it into practice and this is the obligation of inheritance. In fact, the scholars say that if a person denies Islamic inheritance and they, 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 do not, they do not believe in the process of the shares of Islamic inheritance, then the scholars have written that this is clear disbelief in kufr. Because the person who denies these shares is denying verses of the Quran. Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has mentioned clear shares in the Quran. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi has mentioned in the Hadith that al-'ilmu thalatha. The Prophet Sallallahu says that knowledge is three things. Number one, and anything besides these these three things is extra. Number one, ayatun muhkamatun, the clear Quranic ayat, the verses. Number two, sunnatun qaimatun, the established sunnah. And number three, faridhatun adilatun, the fair share, referring to inheritance, the shares of inheritance. The Prophet sallallahu has said in another hadith, and he was speaking to the sahabi Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, he said, ya aba huraira, o abu huraira, that learn inheritance, learn the shares and teach it to the people. fa'innahu nisful ilm, because it is half of knowledge. To show the importance of it. It's half of knowledge. And soon this knowledge will be forgotten. And it will be the first thing that will be taken away. That time will come where no one will know who to go to for Islamic inheritance. The Prophet ﷺ says another hadith that, that seek knowledge and teach it to the people. That learn the shares and teach it to the people. And then he says quran and learn the Quran and teach it to the people. Why? Fa'inni imra'un makbood. Because uh, the Prophet وسلم, says that I will soon be taken away. Wal ilm And knowledge will be taken away as well. Wa And a time will come with corruption and trials and tribulations will become so apparent. And then he goes, the Prophet وسلم, goes on to say hatta yakhtalifa ithnan that a time will come when two people will be fighting in regards to their share of inheritance and they will not find a single person who can who can give a judgment that who is right and who is wrong that this time will come so from here we can understand the importance of islamic inheritance and today i want to clarify a few customs and a few traditions that unfortunately have been brought into our culture and our society that we think it's a part of Islam or we think it's normal, but it is not. One of those is something which has become so common and popular is depriving other people of their share of inheritance. And to be more specific, denying females of their share of inheritance and also young children of their share of inheritance. The Quran verse which I recited to you is at the beginning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the male relatives have a fixed share of what their, their parents and their close relatives have left behind. That even and the female relatives also have a fixed share of what the parents and the fa- close family members have left behind. Why was this verse revealed at the time of the Prophet a sahabi named Aus bin Thabit anhu had passed away and when he had passed away, he had left behind a w- his wife, two daughters and a young nabalik child a child who was not mature Now what had happened was based on the pre-Islam and the Arab tradition the cousins had came and taken away all of his wealth they had taken away everything what was this? What was this culture? What was this tradition? The Arabs would say that That how can we give money to someone who does not ride a horse or who cannot lift a sword or who cannot fight in battle meaning that they would not give money to they would only give money inheritance to those people who were strong and who could fight. So because of this The women were totally ignored because they couldn't they wouldn't fight in battle And also the young children who were not mature and who could not who were not strong and uh, who could not fight They would not get anything as well. So based on this the cousins came and took away everything Now what had happened was the wife of Haza Aws bin Thabit She she thought she'll leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah will deal with it. I'll leave it in his hands But then she realized that I have two daughters and nowadays no one marries people if they don't have any money so my daughters will not be able to get married So she requested the cousins that get married to my two daughters at least they will have some sort of life but the two cousins rejected and said no So then she went straight to the Prophet and she went and complained to the Prophet that look this is what's happened Now at that moment the Prophet stayed quiet because at that time no Quranic verses had come down in regards to this. But the Prophet ﷺ knew for a fact that soon something would come down. That Allah would send something to get rid of this corruption, this zulm. And at that point this verse came down. That nasibum mimma nasibum mimma That just as the males have a fixture, the females also have a fixture. Unfortunately, despite the Prophet. ﷺ, getting rid of this, false, uh, this, this, wrong, uh, this wrong tradition is crept back into our societies to the extent when someone passes away and the topic of inheritance comes up, they do not consider the women. Why? Because they think that, okay, they have a father who's going to look after them or they have a husband who's going to look after them or they have a son who's going to look after them and they do not need the money. And even if they give them a share, it's not their full share, they give them something they, they, they say as if we've done such an ihsan upon you that be happy. But they may not say it but that's how it is. That you know be happy you've got something. But the fact of the matter is, is that Allah has given them that share. You cannot choose if they get more or less. In fact not giving them their share is counted as stealing. If they're not happy and they may not say something, they may out of shyness be quiet, stay quiet and you take it, that's counted as stealing. And I want, to sh- I want to share some hadith with you, the Prophet said in a hadith That That a person who cuts the inheritance of his inheritor That the person is supposed to get a share but he cuts it and does not give it then uh, The Prophet said That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cut his share of Jannah on the day of Qiyamah that On the day of judgment Allah will cut your share of paradise Because you did the same in this dunya in another hadith the Prophet ﷺ said, that a man and a woman they act in the obedience of Allah for sittina Sana 60 years. For sixty years they're doing good deeds and they're acting in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're in the good books and they're doing everything right. And then death approaches. Their time of death comes. And then, they start to play games in the inheritance, in the well, in the wasiyah. They start to cause harm to other people. They start to cause nuksan, and they start to play, play around with it. And the Prophet ﷺ said, an These two people, for 60 years, they spent in ta'atillah. But because of this act, the Prophet ﷺ said, an That because of this, the hellfire becomes wajib upon them. Imagine that. That's how severe it is to play around with the shares of other people. In fact, the scholars have written, and the scholars say as well, that when it comes to the time of inheritance, and normally what happens is the family get together, they say that force the female relative to take their share. Force them. What happens nowadays is they ask them, you know, like, you know, we say when they have this funny saying that when people come to eat food and then people say that, that you're not going to eat food. So they do the same thing with inheritance with female that, oh no, do you not want your share? Or is it okay if we use your share for this? But the scholars say, force them to take their share. Even if they say we don't want it, they might be saying it out of shyness. Or they might be saying it because they, don't want, they, they do not want to look greedy. Although it's their fixed share, because at these times, obviously, someone's passed away. And it's a, it's a sad moment. So the scholars say, force them. Even if they say they don't want it, say to them that take it after six, seven, eight months. If you want to give it to charity, give it yourself. Or if you really don't want it, after 5, 6 months, you can give it back to whoever you want. But force them to take it. So this custom has become really, it's become a norm in today's day and age. Even the young children. Even their share gets eaten up. You know, the parents take it or someone takes it. So this is one thing that should be brought to our attention. We should not be doing this. In fact, the shares that Allah has fixed, we should go 100% according to that. Another custom that has become dominant as well is that when someone passes away, instead of going according to the shares that Allah has fixed, what people do is, and this is what happens in reality, that someone passes away and the relatives get together, and the eldest sibling, he picks who gets what. He says that the house, so-and-so take it, the business, so-and-so take it, the car, so-and-so take it, this money, you take this, you take that. That is not according to the Islamic rules of inheritance. That's not the shares of that Allah has fixed. Or even another one that's common is before someone passes away, what they do is they say that after I pass away, my son, you take this, my, my wife, or if the wife's passing away, they may say the husband, take this, my mom, take this, my dad, take this. That also is not according to the shares of Islamic inheritance In fact, if a person wants to do that, what the scholars say is give them it while you're alive If you want to really give someone your house and car, give them it while you're alive and get rid of it Because if you say that after I die you get this, that has got no weight That does not count Because after you pass away, all your wealth goes according to the rules that Allah has set Every share that Allah has fixed, it needs to go according to that. And that's why the Prophet wasallam has said that Al-hikul bi ahliha. That those who are entitled to a share, give them that share. Don't start making things up from yourself. You know, don't start adding and choosing what you want to give. Do not put it from yourself. Go according to what Allah says. And that's why... If you look at the laws and the rules of inheritance, you'll find that there's nothing based on logic. In the, in the books of inheritance, you'll find that the rules of inheritance are based on the Quran, the hadith, and also some rules on the consensus, uh, on ijma. On, but there's nothing based on logic. That, oh, you know what, my son's more closer to me, I want to give him more. Or my father did this for me, I want to give him more. Logic does not play a game in this. Everything is according to what Allah and his Prophet have said. Going back to the Quran verse, carrying on, Allah says, "Mimma qalla minhu that whether it's a small amount or a large amount, everything has will be according to this fixture. The scholars write to the extent that when a person passes away, even the clothes that he passes away in, that is going to be part of the inheritance. Even that is going to be part of the inheritance. You can't just say that we'll do what we want and we'll give it to charity. That's also part of the inheritance. I know it's something small and people might not want to take it. But to show the importance, Mufti Shafi Uthmani writes in his Ma'riful Quran that that is also part of the inheritance. In fact, just recently, alhamdulillah, we were blessed with Mufti Rafiq Sab. He came, and his son Mufti Zubair sahab came. And at one point, I had the chance to spend some time with Mufti Zubair, his son. And I was asking him, this topic of inheritance came up. And I've always had this thing in my head that, you know, it's every little thing that is part of the inheritance. So I asked him this question, I said in Urdu, that... Just to show him as an example, I go, even if I have a small pencil, will that be part of my inheritance? And he said, yes. Every single thing will be part of your inheritance. And then he gave me a story which he narrated himself, that he was told by his uncle, Mufti Taki Sab. Mufti Taki Uthmani he narrates this story and he says that when his father, Mufti Shafi'i was alive, then Mufti Shafi he had a room that he stayed in. And on both sides, on one side, Mufti Taki, his son, would live, and on the other side, his other son, Mufti Rafiq, would live. And every night they would take turns to bring food to the house. So one night would be Mufti Taki's turn, and the other night would be Mufti Rafi's turn. And he says that when we would bring food to the house, after finishing eating, our father would tell us, always quickly take your burden back home. The pots and plates that you brought, quickly take it back home. And Mufti Mufti Zubair was telling me this, he says that Mufti Taki once thought, let me ask my father that what is the rush? You know, why is it that you're always saying quickly take the burdens? And to this, Mufti Shafi replied, he said that the thing is, is that in my will, I have written that when I pass away, everything between these four walls, as in his his room or his house, everything between these four walls is everything that I own and that will be part of my inheritance. And he said that I'm scared that one day, imagine you leave your birth and your pots here, and I pass away and someone counts your plates part of my inheritance. And that's why I tell you to quickly take it. Mufti's, his point was this, that even these plates and these small items will be part of your inheritance. Therefore you cannot miss anything out. In today's day and age what happens is, it's a general custom that when a spouse passes away, then the other spouse takes the house. The son takes the business. That is not according to the shares of Islam. In fact, the scholars say that everything the person owned, even the appliances in the house, that's part of the inheritance. It doesn't mean that because he's passed away, the other space on automatically inherits everything in the house. That's not how it works. In fact, every item needs to be get together, everything needs to be you know, put uh, in a metaphorical pot, you could say, and the, the value of it needs to be divided according to the shares that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la has fixed. Now, one important point that I want to emphasize on today is the point of everyone having a will. The Prophet has said in a hadith, is narrated by ibn umar radiAllahu anhu he says the prophet said that ma in muslimin lahu shay'un illa wa indahu that is not right for a muslim that he has something to write in his will that he spends two nights without having written it meaning that if you have something to write in your will you should write it straight away you should not delay the narrator of this ibn Ummar, Umar, he says that whenever he would narrate, narrate this hadith he, he, When he narrated this hadith he would say That, <clears throat> that I did not spend a night except that I'd have my well ready next to me, That my well was there ready So that if I pass away my family knows And I'll explain in a second that what should we have in our well Another hadith the Prophet ﷺ said That man mata ala وَسِيَةٍ That whoever passes away and they have their well ready مَاتَ عَلَى سَبِيلٍ وَسُنَّةٍ That he passes away upon the correct path and upon the sunnah. And he further, further adds on And he passes away on taqwa piety And he passes away in the state of being a martyr, on martyrdom And he passes away being pardoned. His sins are forgiven. These are hadith the Prophet said to show the importance of having a will. Now what should what should we have in our will? I'll mention briefly, the scholars have mentioned many many points and you can read the books to go into detail But I'll mention a few main points that you should all have in our will Because ideally after this talk inshallah when you go home you should sit down and write this will It's very important and I'll explain to you why in a second One thing that you should have in your will is advice that you want to give to your family You know a lot of the time when our family members may not listen to us well, we're alive But you notice and you hear a lot of people saying this You know if you ask people why did they do such a practice and it might be even wrong but a lot of people say that, oh, my father told me before he passed away. Or my father writ- wrote it to me before, you know, when he passed away. So the family members listen to a lot of the advice given to them. You know, obviously that blessing has gone. And they try to act upon those final words, so write that in your will. For example, you want to write that, you know, oh, oh, oh my family, you know, make sure you stay steadfast on your salah. Make sure you give sadaqah. Or, one thing that the scholars mention is to write that, make sure you keep in contact with your scholars do never lose the sight of your scholars, never lo- leave the masjid, keep in, keep in contact and keep in touch with the masjid So any advice that you want to give to your family, write that, that's number one The second thing that you should write is that any rights between you and Allah which are not fulfilled should be written as well If you have unpaid zakat, if you have salah that you've not prayed, if you have fast that you've not been able to keep You've never, you've, not, you've missed qurbanis, you've not been able to qurbani, sadaqatul fitr you've not been able to do You know some of these things you can ask scholars that what things should I write But these are a few of them, you should write these down The point of writing these down is not that so when I pass away my children will cover for me No, you should be doing that now If you've got Salah to make up, start doing qadah now If you have fast to make up, start doing it now If you've not paid Zakat, start doing it now But the point is that we do not know when death will come So when you have it written, at least your family will know And if they need to pay Zakat on your behalf, they can Number three, the third thing and a very important thing that you should have written is the rights of other people If you owe other people money If you owe other people money, that should be written, definitely Because what happens is, a lot, of the, or a lot of the times that happens, someone passes away and you hear in the masjid, the person announces or the Imam announces that if anyone has any debts with this person then please contact his son You all hear that, or contact X, Y and Z person But the family should have a record of what is owed because imagine people start coming and asking for money and you start having a debate. The children, you leave your children having a fight with them that we were never told. But it actually he has owed money, but you just did not write it. So you will be sinful. Why did you not make a record a record of it, have it written? So that's another thing that should be written in your wealth so that when you pass away, your family know what you owe. Number four, a fourth thing that should be written is all your assets. Now this can be in a legal document or whatever, but all your assets should be written. If a person has many houses, cars, he has money, he has uh, people owe him money. All this should be written so that when you pass away, your family know what you owed or what you owned. It should not be the case now. I know that nowadays, it's easy to find, uh, you know, what people uh, what they owned. But at the same time, a lot of families don't know how to, or a lot of the people don't have that time, and they you know they're grieving. So it should be there, written on a you know written somewhere that this is why. Also, when you pass away, your family know exactly what you have. Exactly, if people owe you money, that should be written as well, so your family know that we can get it from them Because if you don't write it And that money, that person forgets about it You'll be held accountable because that money is part of your children and your family's inheritance But you just, you did not write it out of laziness Also, if you've forgiven someone, write that there as well So a fight doesn't start afterwards, that oh, you know, I know you owed my father And that person's saying that, oh, he forgave me And this fight starts, so you should write that if you forgive someone that you don't owe me anymore, write that in your wasiyah as well. And number six, and this is an important one, and this has a few maslas according to it, so I'll clarify those. Number six is what we call wasiyah, as well as well, we translate it well, or we call it a bequest to bequest. It means that when you pass away, you can write down for a portion of your wealth to be allocated to somewhere that you want to give. For example, if you write in your will that after I pass away, give a thousand pounds to the masjid Or give a thousand pounds to a friend of mine You want to get, allocate some money somewhere, you're allowed to do that That's the sixth step, you should write that. If you want to, you, could write, you should write that Or if you want your money, your zakat to be paid for, you should write that That I have this much zakat, use, you know, use this money to pay for it But there's a few rules to this One of the rules of this is that Only when you pass away I'll explain this a bit more detail afterwards that what happens with your money? So let's just say the money that you have, the first thing that's going to be, is going to be used for is to pay for your funeral. Number two would be paid for all the people that you owe money, it will be used for that. After that, whatever's left over, a third of that can be used for we we'll see A third of that can be used to, if you had, if you had written in your will that give so and so money to the masjid, give it to this good cause, give it to this friend of mine, from that one third it will be taken. More than a third is not permissible. Number two, you cannot give it to someone who already has a share. If your son already had a share, but you give my son a thousand pounds more, you cannot do that. The Prophet has said in a hadith, That, حق that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given every person who has a right, He has given them their right. Therefore you cannot make a will for a warith. Someone who is already inheriting, they've got their fixed share, you cannot add on to it. The scholars mentioned that if all the inheritors are happy and they're fine with it, then it's allowed. If everyone, you know, they say dil ki khushi, if they're happy from the heart, just by saying yes, that does not count, they have to be happy from the heart. If they're happy then you can give extra if you wanted to. Also another point to remember here is that if someone is not happy and even if they say yeah, that does not count. Also if someone's not present, someone's gone somewhere abroad, you cannot do anything on their behalf. Also, if there's immature children, this is a very important one because a lot of people don't know this that if, a, if an immature child has a share of inheritance, the parents cannot touch it. No one's allowed to use them. As in, okay, there's some rules of using that money to, for his benefit, but in terms of you want to give that as a donation, even if the child says, yeah, the scholars say that does not count. Even if you somehow provoke the child to say, yeah, I'm happy with it, the scholar say that does not count. You have to wait till he grows up and he makes his own decision. Because that's his inheritance. So these are the things that you should write in your will. See. Now the last and final point that I want to clarify is that what happens to you when you pass away? What happens with your wealth? Because a lot of people do not know what happens. When you pass away, what happens with your wealth? Now, I'm going to give an example of, let's just say, £10,000. When you pass away, the first and foremost thing that happens is the money that you've left behind and all your assets and everything. The first thing that is used for is paying for your funeral. Your funeral. Now what does that consist of? It consists of two things. One is paying for the shrouding, for a male there's three cloths, Sunnah amount. for a female there's five. And number, the second thing that's part of that is the process of burial. You know, the, the ground, the land, and that whole process, they're the two things that the money will be taken from. Anything excess or not necessary, money cannot be used, it's impermissible. For example, what commonly happens nowadays is after a janazah, food is served. Now, this the scholars mention is mustab, is recommended, but it's not necessary. Therefore, to use the deceased money for that is not allowed. You're not allowed to use that money for it. If you want to do it, do it from your own side. You know, a lot of people say that, oh, but, you know, it's shameful and we have to, we don't have no money, we want to use it from there. You're not allowed. It might be shameful, but it's not fard. Why are you making it necessary? It's not. It's recommended. If you have the money, do it. If you don't, don't. The scholars also mentioned that when they're carrying the coffin, sometimes you see that on top of the coffin, there's a nice sheet that they put. That's not necessary as well. So the scholars say even to pay for that from the deceased money is not allowed. So as a conclusion, anything excess from the necessary is not allowed. So step one is that, so we had £10,000, let's just say £3,000 went in there. Now you have £7,000 left. The second step is paying off people that you owe. If you owed people money, the second thing would be now paying off those people. To the extent that the scholars mentioned that if all the money, we have 7,000 pounds left, if all that gets used up, it gets used up. The inheritors won't get anything. So the second step is that anyone that is owed money, that will be, they will be paid off. Anyone that's owed, even to the extent that if someone's wife was not paid her mahr, that will be paid off as well. That is, you can't, that's not math. If someone had not paid their wife her dowry, her mahr, that will be paid off from here as well. So let's just take another, no, let's cut down, let's just say £4,000 was for debts. And now we're left with £3,000. Now the, for, the third step is wasiyah. What I mentioned before, that before you pass away, you can write in your will, that give X amount of money to charity or give X amount of money. That's where this step comes. Now the money that was left over, which is £3,000, a third of that can be used for wasiyah. So we have £3,000 left, a third of that is 1, so if someone in their well wrote, they give 500 pounds to the masjid, that's fine, you can give them. If someone wrote, a 1000 pounds, that's fine as well. But if someone for example will give 2000 pounds, you're not allowed. The inheritors will only give up to 1000, because the rest of the money is the right of the inheritors, you cannot use them. Now a very important thing to mention here is that if you had zakat that you hadn't paid for, or you had qurbani that you hadn't given, or you had salah that you know your, your family might want to get fidyah for because you know you passed away That does not happen in step two. Step two which was the debts that you owe is only the debts to the people If money wants to be given for zakat in these things, that can only be given from this one third Now what can happen here is, let's just say this too, is an example that someone said give 1000 pounds to the masjid And he also has 1000 pounds zakat that he had not paid So the scholars say first pay off the zakat If that 1000 pounds to the masjid that's not necessary Pay off those things. Now, if someone had two thousand pounds of zakat left and he's only got three thousand pounds so a third is a thousand the other thousand pounds of zakat the family do not need to give it and you'll be punished for it. It's, it's severe but it's your, it's, it's your responsibility to give it while you're alive. That's why I clarified before that those rights between you and Allah doesn't mean you write it down and that's it. You need to make up for it because a chance may come that you may not have any money left to give and if that happens the scholars do write, though, the family have an akhlaqi faridah. that is a moral etiquette to pay off. But if they choose not to, they will not be questionable, you will be questionable. That so why did you not fulfill the rights of Allah before you passed away? Now the final step, and we'll finish upon this, is the fourth step, is now the money that is left over, inheritance happens in that money. The money that's left over, which in our example is 2,000 pounds, now according to the shares which Allah has fixed, Inheritance, it will be divided according to the shares that Allah has specified and fixed. That's, how the, that, that's, how, that's the process. A lot of people don't understand this process. A lot of people, you know, start putting things before others. But this is the exact order in which things go. If, for example, the funeral cost, the family want to give it, that's, not, that's up to them. They can give it if they want. But Islamically, it's supposed to come from that wealth, the maid the left behind, the deceased left behind. So I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us all the true understanding of this. And grants us the ability to act upon this. You know, this is not something that I've just said that, you know, we hear and then, you know, we heard something and we just leave it and, you know, something to act upon. In fact, I urge everyone that when you go home to write this will, write a will, you know, write, have everything written down, you know, you know, ask your local scholars, get advice from them and write this all down. So it's ready there before you die. You know, uh, just a, just a while ago, um, well, I said a few years ago, there was a, there was a teacher when we were studying in Blackburn and he went on Hajj and when he went on Hajj, he had passed away. Before he passed away, he had called his family together and he had told them, I think he had a bookshelf or a a mantelpiece or somewhere, and he said to his family that, look, I'm going on Hajj, my well is here. And he told them that his well is there. And when he went to Makkah, uh, when he went to Saudi to perform his, I think it was Umar or hajj he passed away. Uh, I think many can remember there was a fire in one of the hotels and he passed away in that fire. And his family, you know, he left it for them that my well is here ready that if I pass away, we never know when we're going to pass away. The fact is we might walk out this masjid and we might pass away. So having that well ready and your family know that it's there, that if I pass away, all the details are there, you can use it and you can access it, and it won't be difficult for you to sort out inheritance. Do that. It's very important. So when you go home today, I urge everyone, like Hazrat Ibn Umar did. When he heard that hadith, he said that I did not spend a night except that my well was always ready there. And that's where we all should be. And also one important thing is take the mashra of the scholars. You know, we might hear a few things, some things that we might have heard might be, you know, we might not have heard it properly, we might not know the full process properly, so contact your scholars and sit with them and ask them for advice, that how should I write it, what should I do? And one thing that's very important to write is, in your will you should also write, it's not a must but it'd be good to write, is that when you pass away write there that distribute my inheritance according to the Islamic way. That will save you from sin, it will save your family from sin. And you can even write down if you have a person you trust, a scholar you trust or a masjid you trust, say that take, take you know, take the documents to this person and they'll work out. And we'll have that written. So I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us the true understanding. I pray that He gives us all the ability to act upon this. And I pray that Allah ta'ala makes this a benefit for me, first of all, and for all of you as well. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi